back with an all new show. Uh, what a year this has been. We've had some of the biggest moments, I think, on the internet, uh, Blue and Damage. You know, we do a lot of work over here at Hollywood Unlocked. Um, and yes, we are uncensored and unfiltered. We're enjoying this downtime, but it really doesn't feel like downtime, does it? I mean, did you guys work over the holidays? No, it was downtime. <laughs> <laughs> I put everything down, put all the work down. I'm tired. We worked a lot this year. This is a good wrap up. Let's let's end it right. Let's end it on this note. It, it wasn't downtime for me because I thought I was dying from Omarion. So <laughs> it wasn't it no, wasn't I, downtime. You got My the friend, B2K? <laughs> no, I thought I did. I had a false positive. My friend who works over at HBO made me take a COVID test twice before having dinner with her. Takes me to this exclusive party so-and-so at Hyde. I'm thinking I'm completely safe. And the next day I find out a party crasher had COVID. So now everybody's like, oh, my God, Blue, you have COVID. And I had the flu, so I tested positive, spent three days thinking I had COVID, and then tested negative every day afterwards. So for those of you who are taking COVID tests, a really bad flu and COVID look the same at a home test. Please go to a facility Mm -hmm. so that your friends don't quarantine you for no damn reason. My Christmas was canceled for no damn reason. It was just the flu. Listen, I flew to New York, and I'm here enjoying the city. I've never spent Christmas in New York. Shout out to all New Yorkers who are walking around with no coats on because it's not a white Christmas. There's no snow on the ground. Global warming is real. I've spent my whole weekend sitting up in the apartment watching um, the morning show with... um, Jennifer Aniston, and they covered COVID and they covered New York City. And it's so surreal because all the things I'm watching, we actually uh, experienced in real life. But I've enjoyed actually just recharging and getting ready for this New Year's. I am telling everybody out there watching, I'm not here for any New Year's resolutions. Do not hit me with all the weight you want to lose, all the money you want to make, all the friends you're going to cut off, because by mid-February, it'll all be back again. Like, I'm not I'm not here for it. But one thing I will tell you... Oh, go ahead, go ahead Dan. I'm thinking, should we move where resolutions start? I feel like January is the worst month to start anything new. It's slow. It's cold. If you're trying to go to the gym, you have to have so much motivation to go outside in the freezing cold and do some damn chin-ups or whatever you're trying to do at the gym. I feel like we should start New Year's resolution like at the end of the summer, where it's like, okay, let's just regroup. I feel like it's so hard to start any new commitment in January. That's just me, though. Yeah, every, everybody starts my, it in December, so December's busy, too. So you're right. I think the no, summer probably makes more sense. No, my New Year's resolution starts in October because that's when all the brand budgets start getting formulated, okay? And Hello. so I've already been ready for 2022. <laughs> I have lined everything up. I am walking in my greatness. This is not a resolution. It's just the resolve. But one thing that for sure is on top of mind is how we can keep killing it over here at Fox Soul with our show. I mean, there's so many interviews and so many moments that we had this year that have gone viral or that have had the internet talking. And I'm telling you that I always, when people discover the show for the first time, it's almost like Christopher Columbus, like, oh, I found the best show. No, the show been here. Where you been at? But we're glad that everybody that has continued to come back and, and to the new audience that's here, you know, that you continue to um, enjoy the show. We had a lot of big moments this year. One of the biggest moments that I could remember, unfortunately, was when we had Angela Stanton here. I don't know if y'all remember her um, damage in blue. <laughs> well, what people don't realize is we had Angela Stanton here and, you know, the interview went completely left. It all started when I was over on an app called Beagle and ran into her daughter, JB's. Her daughter's transgender. And they had went on Dr. Phil and had this whole public thing uh, where Angela publicly misgendered her daughter and said that she wouldn't accept her as she was. What took a turn during the interview when she decided to misgender Blue 
and then verbally attacked me and my deceased mother. Now, the crazy part is that she clicked out of the, well, let me just show you what happened. Take a look. What I'm trying to understand is your daughter, your child does not identify as Bonquisha. Your daughter has said, call me JB's. I am she. And so I why not report that? Wait, 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 I said because I gave him his name, right? Me and his father picked his name out, spelled it, filled out the birth certificate because we gave him his name. We have the right to call him by that name. Now, are you saying as a mother that I don't have the right to call my son by the name that I gave him at birth? It ain't been no name change and it ain't been no transition. So why are you all asking me to respect something that's not even real? It doesn't exist. My answer to that is yes. If your daughter, your child wants to be called what she wants to be called, you should honor that. Yes, absolutely. Well, if your yeah, mother absolutely. want to be called a dumb crackhead hoe, is that what you gonna call her? I'm well, she's dead. Wait, wait, wait. I'm, wait. My mother I'm is deceased. Wait, 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 wait. You are I don't know. I don't have to call just because I'm gonna give you your answer. But see, the problem is. You 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 want to come into this show the way you do your Instagram and this ain't your house. You're a guest. And I don't know how people come into I don't your have house. To be a guest. I don't know how I don't people come I don't know how people come into here. You don't have to be. You don't have to be. This is not a zoo. This is not a zoo. This is not a zoo exactly. or something. So all the animal animals. So when you go shot, be prepared to receive I'm a not, bat. I'm if I was throwing a They're shot, hitting, you know, because although They're you called my mother a dirt, hold on, just put us all up. I didn't call the, her. The, I didn't call the, her. The, I said she was my mother, but the dirty crackhead. But see, the way your behavior is, even in my mother's darkest days, she didn't act like you. You came on this well, show. On this listen, show. Listen, talking listen, this listen, I ain't never smoked crack or heroin either. And that's probably why and, I know my you know son what? is a man you know and what? not a woman. And you know what? But so you fuck you and your show. Like you're smoking crack. No, that's okay. And you know what? Fuck you and your homosexual, whatever issues you got. Because you probably ate some puss at some point in prison. And it got you fucked up. And you know what? You are the most ignorant piece of shit person I've had on this show. And if you can figure out how to clock the fuck out like you did mentally when it came to your own child, you can go ahead and go. And by the way, ma'am, you spit a transsexual child out your puss. Wait, turn her mic on. Is her mic off? Turn and she's your amazing. Mic off. Her daughter is amazing. Her child oh, is amazing in off. spite of you. Okay, well, while you're still here with your bad makeup and your bad eyelashes, let me go ahead and tell you something. Your daughter's prettier than you. Your daughter put on better makeup than you, and your pro your daughter's probably getting the dick that you ain't having. That's why you're such a mean spirited evil bitch. Click her out this fucking camera. <laughs> well, that was definitely a memorable <laughs> moment. Do you guys remember that craziness and the fact that she had clicked out and we didn't have her audio, but the way we were able to save the audio for you to hear it and for you to watch was that she posted on her Instagram attacking us when really she gave us what we needed in order to make that show complete. Thanks, dummy. I loved it. Watching that back, I'm just looking at me trying to go, ah. Damn, I'm just like, stop, please. But wait, wait a minute. I just got to ask one question. She was off the rails, man. I, and it was really sad because, you know, I'm a parent. And my son just, he's turning nine soon. I'm just like, I can't see me ever having this, this, this rhetoric when it comes to my child. Like, how you're speaking about your child. You're not speaking about some random person. This is somebody you pushed out of your body. Where was the love? It just seemed so malicious. It was, it was disgusting to watch in real time. And to watch it back, it, it made me cringe again. 
It was a good education, though, because I will say that I'm a little bit naive because I mostly work in the news where people have to pretend at least to have some sense. And I've heard about trolls and I've heard about clout chasers. But Jason, up until that moment, I had never seen how ugly, vitriolic and miserable someone could be trying to get some clout until that moment. And and if you look at my face, damage is going like this. Please stop. I look like I wanted to hit her with a brick. Like I was angry and I was seething, right? But when Jason started going in on her, shout out to Nick Cannon because whatever you did at Wild and Out, that felt like a Wild and Out skit. You dragged her so mercilessly. Like watching it back now, it's actually funny to me. So well, uh, Jason, thank well, you to listen. you for, for keeping it funny because I was angry that day. Listen, I will say that was probably the first time in a long time, if ever, that I literally lost it on the show. And so it was good to put out there because I'm not perfect. But, you know, there's just something in me that, you know, I didn't have the mom in my life that I wanted to have because she, you know, of course, had issues with drugs and mental health and stuff like that. And so when I think about mothers who just don't love their children and don't accept them for who they are, it really does bother me. And so mm -hmm. when she came into the show and was so disrespectful to her, disrespectful to you, um, disrespectful to my dead mom, I just literally lost it. You know, it's I'm happy to report, though, they have made up. Um, JB's and her mother, oh. um, Angela Stan, have made up. They are on good terms. And so I don't know what it was that made that happen. Maybe they saw themselves in public. Maybe they saw the show. I don't know. But either way, I'm glad that they were able to make up. And I, I, I wonder, do you think that the world's becoming more tolerable of parents accepting their kids for who they are, regardless of how they choose to identify? Yeah, I think at this point, like, how do you say you have unconditional love for your child, but then you have all these conditions? You know, it might not be something in your wheelhouse, maybe something you could be educated on. But rather than going on social media and going on platforms downing your child because it's a reflection on you either way, it might be an opportunity to build and learn and understand your child anymore and build a connection y'all might not have had because maybe your child was living a life that wasn't, you know, necessarily comfortable for them. There could be an opportunity. It's going to be some friction, but it's an opportunity to actually learn and probably gel more and bond more with your child. So I, I just, it makes me cringe when I see people carry on that way with their children. It's like, it's rough. One, one, I'm relieved, one thing though. I, one thing I will give her though is I I will credit her for being a being very confident in being ignorant. You know what I mean? She's very much okay <laughs> with being ignorant. Um, she's very much okay with um, her position on things that the world may not identify with. And I think that she probably is supported by people who have those views. I mean, she's also a flip flopper. Clearly, now they get along. I don't know if that's changed everything about her. Uh, her original views or whatever. I didn't see any public apology. I think her daughter's owed one, but that's between them, their family. Uh, either way, you know, she was um, somebody who um, I think came on the show and was just a complete embarrassment to herself. And then for like weeks on weeks, she was dragging me on social media. It's like, girl, we want the views. I ain't worried about that. Keep on posting me. So, um, you know, I don't know. All I will say is to anybody out there who has a child who is struggling with their identity or discovering themselves or are on their journey, just continue to give them space to be comfortable and confident that you will love them and support them. And look, you're going to raise your children the way that you want. But I can tell you as somebody who's grown up in a world of self-discovery and is still discovering myself, I'm, I'm grateful that I was able to have the strength to do it, even in the absence of parents who were there, who were supposed to be there to care for me. Um, and um, we never want her back on the show, by the way. She's, she's not welcome.
I mean, Mm-mm. what else is there to talk about? You know, maybe when you Trump know comes back and starts running for president again, then she'll want to, you know, be his VP or something. I don't know. What's crazy is a couple years, not even a couple, like maybe 20 years ago, what she did would have been applauded. So I think the great thing about us exposing her and letting her show her entire ass on camera is that we're showing how much we've grown as a society. Because back in the day, your parents could be abusive to you and people were like, oh, that's between y'all. We don't want to get into it. Now we have a society where we recognize that parents can cause trauma. If someone's abusing their child, we have to step in. So I love that the tide has shifted because back in the 80s, Angela could have done the same thing and she would have gotten applauded. It's a new day. So I love that she is now realizing that her views are outdated because they're harmful. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, listen, you know what else is harmful is when two people break up and they're not on the same page. This year, we caught up with Common. You know, rapper Common came on the show and broke the news to us about why he and my friend Tiffany Haddish, the A-list actress that we all know her to be, um, didn't make it. Their relationship broke up and broke their relationship ended. And he claimed that the breakup was caused by distance and not having enough time together. Now, if you missed that interview, I don't know where you were, but we got it for you. Take a look. Was there just no way of figuring out how to make it work in the whole demand of your career? Because, I mean, I I don't know. I just, maybe I just, I'm biased, but I loved y'all together. Man, I, I mean, I feel like our energy is great together. And I I feel like we, we discussed it. We kind of gave it time. And I, I think, like, for one thing that I, because I care about Tiffany, uh, a whole lot I was like I want to make sure she is happy and if I wasn't going to be able to keep that happiness um then I didn't want to do that and sometimes you know I I do understand that man some relations relationships transition into other things like meaning sometimes they transition into friendships sometimes you are in that person's life and you all give each other what you give each other and then you flourish and grow like into into new things. And, you know, one thing I can say about Tiffany and I, like, I feel like both of us cherish and value that relationship and our relationship and have both come out better human beings. Um, so I don't want I didn't want to lose that. I didn't want to like, you know, just just be like one thing I don't do is just do things. I'll tell you this. I don't do music, love, family, God, any um, acting. I don't do any of those half-heartedly. None of Like, I don't do it three-fourths heartedly. I got to give my whole soul to it, my whole heart and soul. And and honestly, like I said, it's, it's difficult when you putting a lot into into the to the music, the music. The acting and then you going to these places and you got to stay here like i'm in london right now I'm, I'm basically gonna be in london for the next five months you know i come home for christmas but i'm here it's difficult to to help to to try to keep especially when somebody is filming you know tiff doing her own movie for like six months so it's mm-hmm. like okay how do we keep this you know, so that, you know, I think it, it it truly did come down to some of that. Now, I want to say this because I know sometimes I come off shady. This interview was scheduled with Common a couple months ago. Uh, Tiffany had tried to help me get this interview a couple months ago when things were good. So the so the, the interview was already scheduled to happen. 
But what wasn't scheduled to happen was my interview with Tiffany Haddish directly after this interview. So I flew to Hawaii to sit and talk with her to see if she saw the show and to see what she thinks about his reason for their breakup. And this is what she said. So Rashid was not on the trip. Mm -hmm. uh, you were there without him, single, and you're single now. But I just interviewed him and he said the reason why, first of all, I have to tell you, as somebody who talks to you every single day, as somebody who knew that the relationship had ended, I hadn't even said anything. I read it on people. Mm-hmm. And then I texted to you, and then is that when you saw it? Mm-hmm. How did no, you- No, I saw you, you texted to me, but my publicist texted me before you did and was like, uh, but they, they emailed me and said, this, that People Magazine just hit us up about this. We're not responding. And I was like, what the, who the, who the, and you hadn't told nobody. So this is my thing. Like, how does your business about your relationship get out if only two people know that it's over? No, 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 no. More than two people in my camp knew that it was over. Okay. And I'm sure a bunch of people in his camp knew because I sure was calling them like, can y'all get my stuff out of his house? Can you send it to my house? Please, thank you. Appreciate it. So were you, so how do you feel about it being over? I'm fine with it. It's going to be new opportunities. I miss them. I miss him from time to time, but that's what any, I think with any relationship, an intimate relationship that you might have, you miss them, but I'm fine with it. Hmm. It's cool. But he said in the interview that the reason why it was ending was because of busy schedules, which I didn't really, I mean, you know, I love Rashid and I know you love Rashid too. And I would never, I didn't want to be rude in the interview, but come on now. That didn't sound, that doesn't make sense because you're both, you're both famous. You're both busy. You both have schedules. Right. What did you think about that? <sighs> the same thing everybody else was thinking in them comments. Well, people were saying he's the common denominator because they talked about his past relationships with other famous women. I asked him in the interview, um, does he have a thing for famous women? He says, no, he just loves powerful women. He might be the type of person that never like really settles with somebody. Maybe he's like a, you know, he's like a bee going from flower to flower to flower. I don't know. I wish him nothing but joy and happiness. You know, he will always be cool. Okay, that's the PC answer. But do do you were you angry when you saw his answer? I was disappointed. Mm -hmm. I was very disappointed. I was like, oh, okay, because that's not what you told me. But okay. Wait, well, what did he tell you? Damn, you know what? That's between us. And do you feel like at this point you're done? With, like famous guys, would you date another famous man? I will f one. <laughs> Well, listen, um, clearly there's two different stories here. What did you guys think of that? I think she said a lot when she said, uh, maybe he's like a bee going from flower to flower to flower. I think she said a whole lot in that line right there. Um, if I had to just ponder upon the reasons of why they broke up, maybe somebody was, you know, whatever bees do, sniffing another flower. Possibly. Maybe he was um Yeah, so around. I found... I found this clip more triggering than the Angela Stanton one. Really? Comment really? like I was I was I was shaking watching the comment interview because based on what I do like what he did is is classic charming gaslighting. Like he was talking in circles the entire time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, you know, she's a good person. We got movies. I love acting. Like he was talking in circles the entire time while trying to sound tactful and peace and love, but he wasn't really saying shit. He is a charming gaslighter. And no offense, Lonnie, you're a lovely man. Charming gaslighters have to be to get away with what they do. And when you're dealing with a charming gaslighter, I've been engaged to one. 
they will drive you nuts in the relationship, but be so likable that you feel bad for them as they're wasting your time. And then when it's over, they say everything but accountability. Never once did he take accountability for how I am sure he disappointed her. And the thing about a charming gaslighter, which confirmed it for me is, as someone who's been in Tiffany's position, when you see the BS they sell to the public, because their image means everything to them, you're so blown about how full of it they are. All you can say is, wow, he's a good person. I wish him the best, but I'm disappointed. So the minute she said that, I immediately knew what was happening. Common is probably going to die with a 25-year-old girlfriend who's an A-list actress. He's going to date until the rest of his days. That's fine. But ladies, be very, very careful. Charming men who are full of it, look at their track record because they tell on themselves. That was triggering. Well, listen, listen I, I will say, I, you oh, know, she's been very respectful in the whole process because she hasn't told me why they broke up. I don't know the full details. What I will say is that I applaud her for being as honest as she was, because as you know, we work in an industry and in a world where people stay tight lipped until the days they die about some of the mm -hmm. details of why their intimate relationships don't work out. Um, I thought it was also telling when she said she had to call his people to get her stuff out his house. You know, there were like little things she said that I don't know if she realized when she was saying, or maybe she did, but there were a lot of clues. They were like, well, hold on, what did he do? And one thing I've seen is that women online are not buying into what, what Rasheed was nope. saying. And also it, it was why I asked him in the interview is, do you like dating famous women? Because he has a pattern of dating multiple famous women. He's dated Erica Badu. He's dated Serena Williams. We've seen these relationships play out in public and play out the same way this one did. And I know that, you know, COVID was COVID and people have spent time together. And now that outside is opening up and, and careers are picking back up. I still feel like when you want somebody bad enough, you make it work. I said to Tiffany, if mm. I was in New York and the guy I was dating was in DC, even if it was only for one night, I would send, and I, and I had day type of money, I would send a helicopter to go pick him up, bring him to me so we could have dinner. We could have the best sex, have the best night, and then put him in a helicopter and send him back. Those are the type of things that I think you do to feed your relationship to keep them alive if you want it bad enough. You know, um, you know, and the other thing with Tiffany is that, you know, she is very much a strong woman and confident about herself. And there's a level of confidence that may be very unsettling for some. And I'm not saying that's the case for Rashid because he is a really nice guy. I was surprised that this didn't work. But nonetheless, it seems like both are happy and both mutually agreed to move on per the press release. Do you think that's why he dates he dates strong women, Jason? Because a part of me is starting to feel like he dates strong women because he knows that whatever he's doing to them, only a strong woman won't snap and, and put him on front street. I'm just saying, I, I'm starting to see I a pattern know. now. I don't, I don't know, because yeah. the thing about it is, you know, all the peace and love and all that that you see with him, that is who he is. He is a really mm -hmm. nice, um, what, I, what I understand to be non-confrontational person. You know, he does not like confrontation. Um, and so one could also argue maybe there's some abandonment issues. You know, maybe you just end the relationship the way that you do and just flee because you don't want to deal with it. You know, like a quote, man should. I don't know. I know that um, I was disappointed to see this one not working. Another relationship that I'm telling you I got my eye on that I'm making sure I do everything to hold up is Rihanna and ASAP because I love them together. Like, I, I really want to see that relationship work. Um, and it seems to be working very fine. So, yeah, I don't know. This was sad to see. And the timing of these interviews couldn't be any more perfect because it was literally one right after the other. I have a quick question. Do you think it's possible for two, you know, celebrities to have a long lasting relationship? I know we see them here and there, but it's 
when you look at in the totality, it's not that many uh, celebrity relationships that last that long. There are a few that stand out, but it seems like somebody does take kind of like the stardom and someone kind of takes the back seat. Yeah, I mean, it depends, right? If you get two narcissists together, like a Kim and Kanye, probably not. You know, a Beyonce and a Jay-Z probably will. I think they have more of a business relationship at this point. I'm not saying there's no love, but like there's so much invested in that relationship from a brand perspective and a world influence perspective, forget the money, that it just makes sense to make it work. I don't really know of any real relationships besides our grandparents that are lasting this long, you know, because <laughs> I, I really believe that the world of social media has destroyed relationships. And there's always this idea that there's something more out there when really, if you could just find somebody that you could be comfortable with, that you can trust and partner with, I don't know why people wouldn't gravitate towards that. And look, this is my single ass telling you what I think about longstanding relationships. I'm not an expert, haven't perfected it. But one thing I have perfected is my relationship with Kevin Hart. This year has been a year of transition. As I said, less tea and more cappuccino. And it was Kevin Hart who actually helped me coin that phrase because in a conversation with him, we talked about how sometimes, you know, we all see each other from different sides of the coin, meaning people in journalism or in, in my world of uh, multimedia and then celebrities. And so we talked about it. But uh, on the show, we were able to finally talk and put things to rest and put a lot of our past behind us, and this is what happened. Take a look. All right, now I know Hollywood Unlocked fans and supporters all over the world are probably surprised by this one, because Kevin, um, it, we, to the public, we haven't reconnected, but offline, um, you've almost come like a minute to me now. It's kind of crazy, full circle. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's good times, a relationship that has uh, evolved for the better, and I can say uh, in doing so, it's a, uh, it's, uh, it's a high level of respect and just understanding for, you know, your world of, of want in the space of media, uh, the conversations that we've had and understanding your direction and just me being able to give you information. Uh, I hate to use the word advice because it's, it's not advice, it's information. It's, it's just things that I know that could help you or that could assist and you just find out that, you know, it's something that doesn't happen that often in this business. People don't, uh, people don't lend out the helping hand as much as they possibly should. So in this case, I'm glad that I can, and uh, I'm glad that I have. Well, listen, I mean, you know, forgiveness is an important thing. I think a, an important process for all of us to getting to a certain level of peace is being able to let things go. And, you know, Kevin, that was a full circle moment where, you know, sometimes in this work that we do, Damage Blue, we piss people off because we have opinions. Not that that's ever going to change. And I'm sure, you know, if Kevin does something that I don't like, I'm going to have an opinion about it. But it was good to be able to have that full circle moment. And I was on Clubhouse the other day and a fan logged in and she said, I have to tell you, I will never forget the episode of Problematic you did on Kevin Hart. Mm -hmm. Is that the reason why the show went away? And I said, no, the show went away because it was so toxic for me that I just hated doing it anyway. And I was using it as a get at somebody moment. And, and Kevin really was... Uh, when I did the problematic episode on him, he was very much open to the idea of reconciliation and getting to know each other and being open to supporting one another. And so I, I thought it was a powerful moment. I, I was there in the, in the thick of that, and I'm a huge Kevin Hart fan, but I had to ride. And for Kevin to have that demeanor, to watch that video, because you went crazy in that video, by the way. <laughs> like, you went crazy. For him to have the demeanor to want to work it out just shows where his spirit is. And I remember when we all went to Philadelphia and we went to Broad and Airy, the area where Kevin Hart is from, and we got those cheesesteaks. So for me, it's so many full circle moments within it. But 
I was so happy to see that y'all could come together because y'all both are powerful people. Kevin's where he's at. You're shooting up on a rise. And we need to see more unity when it comes to us as black men, black creatives, black brands. We need us to be together more than separated. So I know you had your reasons for why you went in on Kevin, but it was such a good feeling for me as a as a Philadelphia native from North Philly, from down the street where Kevin Hart is from. Diehard fan to see y'all come together, work together, and build a blossoming relationship. It was such a, it just shows how you can't put anybody in a box. You know, like I, we all have the opportunity to grow. I will say this, not to ruin the Kumbaya moment. I'm happy that you guys went through the trajectory you did because one thing this does underscore is the importance of, I know we talk about cancel culture, but accountability culture. And Kevin Hart has had some problematic moments that he's learned from, right? And I think any kind of intimacy grows from adversity. And when you call somebody out, especially if you are making some valid points, whether you went crazy or not, I don't think the entire thing was was false. A lot of times when people get called out, it forces them to sit still and be introspective. And I could see from the way that Kevin does his interviews that he's very introspective. And so I think a lot of the things that have been said about him, even though he put on a brave front to the public, you can tell that he's went back and thought about it. Like, Hey, maybe I do need to move differently. Hey, I, I do need to figure out how to make things better. And so I do think that this underscores that sometimes those difficult, ugly conversations, those difficult, ugly moments actually create the kind of camaraderie that you guys have. Not everything that's uncomfortable is bad. So I'm actually now, happy you guys had that moment. Now, real quick, let me, I will let me say, say, let me say something. Go ahead, go ahead. No, just real quick, I will say, and you are right, but it's some people that can watch a video like that, no matter how much truth is in it, and have a whole different kind of energy in how they want to respond, no matter what. Some people are not, you know, the bigger person. Some people don't use their brain. Some people don't sit down and go, you know what? Maybe there's some truth to this. Some people just lash out and want to create a war. And what we see is that that's not what happened. So I just want to put that out there. That is absolutely true though that's that's real and, w and without going too back into the past i mean i think where i crossed the line was my conflict that i had with his wife and i have not i've apologized to him but i'm still going to apologize to her when i see her because even though the feelings were real at the time how i choose to conduct myself is important you know and mm -hmm. i learned through this relationship that i'm developing with kevin in this him coming on the show and keeping his word to me and even the conversations we've had we've had many conversations on the phone he really is present in accountability for himself. I mean, he on the show exactly. acknowledged several times where he had to get past his own ego. And I think for somebody of that magnitude to, of career success, to be able to have that introspective moment is powerful because as my, as my stuff continues to grow, I have to also be more accountable. And I'm learning. And look, one thing I will know for sure is that I'm not perfect. We had the moment in the interview where I said, you know, that we, we laughed on the phone when I talked about my tweets when they were trying to cancel me after I had tried to cancel him for his tweets, you know, and it was like, now the shoe's on the other foot. How does it feel? And I think, you know, that was the introspective opportunity for both of us to see how each other are looking at where each other sits and how we can support each other. Now, listen, another interview we had uh, this year where I don't think the person could see where we were coming from when we had to ask these questions was when we talked to my friend Tamika Foster Raymond about her book that was coming out. You know, she came on to promote her new book. And while discussing the book, I had to ask her about some of the hot topic situations out there in the media. And one was what people were saying about her ex-husband, uh, singer, superstar Usher Raymond potentially having the herpes virus. Well, and so while it's uncomfortable to ask these type of questions, I got a job to do because that's why you showed up. And I asked her and then this is what happened. So I remember when they said Usher had herpes, I called you and you said you didn't have it. Now, how did you deal with all of that madness when the girl was saying 
allegedly. What is wrong with you? Okay, go ahead. No, because everybody, as soon as we posted, it was all I in know, our email. Okay, let me say this. That question's off limits only because I have, that's all things that have been rumored or whatever post my relationship. So I can't speak to it, but you're right about that. I don't have anything, 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 not even a cold. I am a little hoarse. I have COVID. Shit. I have COVID-19. Yeah. Now, I shouldn't even be talking Never. to you. It might come through the damn screen. <laughs> no, no. The reason I only wanted to clear that up because every time we post, they always try to tag you in on that. And yeah, um, you name you're, such, that. you're such a private person. Like, let me tell you something. I would tell that. <laughs> um, Tamika was not happy about that. In fact, um, she was really unhappy about that because when we posted it, people were going crazy. And look, it's you know when you're going to do an interview at Hollywood Unlocked, we're going to ask you all these things. I don't understand why people attack my reporters on the red carpet. When you see that mic flag and it says Hollywood Unlocked, you should see my face beaming through the microphone saying, do you got herpes? That's just what it is, you know? That was a bold, bold <laughs> question. Um, <laughs> Jason, my breath was took the first time. I, I was like, oh, I work with this man. Okay. And the thing about you, Jason, is you say it like, oh, girl, come over here. I'm going to tell you you have some lipstick on your teeth. Like, you start off so tender, and then the question comes out, and it's like, excuse me? So I will say you have a gift for the okie doke. Um, when she hid behind her braid, I felt her pain. But it was the hard question that needs to be asked. And here's the thing. I love how honest that moment was. She gave an honest answer. She was like, I don't have it. It happened after my relationship. I don't want to talk about it, but I'm good. And you guys even had some banter. I think the way that you did it was probably the most likable way you could ask somebody about herpes and their ex. Well, well um, let me tell you, you had, let me tell you, you are the herpes queen. Okay. No, I'm you not. You have made, I no, listen, that. listen, no, listen, listen, listen. No, I'm not. You well, have normalized. Well. No, you have, when I say you don't have herpes, what I'm saying is you have normalized the herpes conversation. No, that was damaged. In this audience. That was no, damaged. you told no, you told me about the damaged. whole. There's a whole herpes club on Facebook or something. You said like there's no. a whole community. Fake then news. you said no. you have friends that have herpes. You said you no, have friends I said herpes. back in 1997, my my high school friend got herpes from her boyfriend of four years, oh, and that's I how I realized. No, my friend in 1997 had herpes. This was 30, oh, almost, what, well, 25 listen, years well, girl, ago. Girl, well, no, girl, listen, what whatever. I, I, wait, listen. I thought you, you, well, somebody on this show normalized herpes for me because recently. I had somebody that liked me confess to me that they had herpes and I won't lie. I was able to handle it in a very caring manner, a very respectful manner, uh -oh. a very patient manner. Yeah. It was like in my mind, it was like, it's the growth for me. You know what I mean? So yeah. But what was sad, Jason, I said, according to the statistics, it was we damaged, all yeah. have friends that have it according to the statistics. Well, damage. If your friends got herpes, that's okay. I'm not blaming you or, your or friends, accusing you. Your friends got friends, herpes too, Jason. They friends, everybody <laughs> friends. Everybody on this show knows somebody with herpes, Jason. Yeah. They no, might not the told you. Was, no, the gag was when I was on. I was on a social media app talking to people live, and she, this girl was like, "I ain't got herpes. I mean, I've had a cold sore." I was like, "Girl, that's a herpes." She was like, "This ain't a herpes." She shut. She shut all the way down up there because she realized she had herpes. But anyways, um. 
I'm just glad that Tamika Foster Raymond did not cancel me. You know, I love her so much. I know she's a very private person, but when you write a book and your ex-husband who's a superstar is in that book and you come on a show like Hollywood or not, we're going to get into it. There were a lot of texts back and forth over that. And I was like, oh my God. But ultimately it was able to be posted and look, nobody got hurt and nobody got herpes as a result of it. Look, but I'll tell you who almost got hurt. And that was loving hip hop star Moni Slaughter. She was on the show when she talked about her fight with Dr. Dre. And this was one of the most shocking beefs in 2021 that none of us seen coming. Monique Slaughter and Dr. Dre got into a altercation on the phone regarding Monique speaking on his alleged relationship with April Jones, who used to be a, a host on this very show. And so when they were spotted at dinner, there was a lot of internet conversation. And then when Monique came and talked about it on her live, um, she got an interesting phone call from Dr. Dre. And this is uh, what she said about it. Take a look. I did hear the call. We can't play the call because we're not allowed to. But that was straight out of Compton Dre on the phone. That was not Beats by Dre Dre. Um, and I don't know what led up to that call being that aggressive. What happened? So I don't remember where I was, but um, Mickey Monday um dm'd me and he's like yo he said andre wants to talk to you and the only andre i know that he knows is dr dre real cool guy just got out so but he was saying things to me like yeah you know um you mentioned dre and and april on your live at 13 minutes and 29 seconds when you were showing your fans your house when they asked you for a house tour this is an implied threat, letting me know that you know the layout of my house. Then he goes on to, to say that, you know, uh, Dre wanted me to tell you to keep his name out your mouth. I said, and I didn't say anything negative about him. Um, yeah, I threw a little shade at her, but I didn't say anything negative about her either. So he went from, well, that's April is a friend and, you know, Dre is my brother and, you know, this could become a situation. So now I'm upset. What is the situation was my question and for who well for everybody involved and who's everybody because as far as i'm concerned it's just me and you on this phone call and if you're the one telling me that there's a situation that is imminent that would mean that the situation is for me so what is the situation well you know it could go left and what is left and i vividly remember saying because you know i'm a smart ass I haven't put my blinker to turn left. I haven't put my blinker on to turn left, sir. I'm still very much in my own lane. So what is left? And why am I receiving a phone call? And I said, are you going to call TMZ? Are you going to call Gossip of the City? Are you going to call Hollywood Unlocked, The Shade Room, and any other blog or radio station or anyone that has talked about this, posted this? I want to make sure that everyone is going to get this type of phone call. Oh, yeah, I'm calling everybody. Okay, good. Let me know when you do. And in the meantime and in between time, you tell him to tell her that I said. And I went off and I hung up. I go pee. I'm coming back to the bed. I hear my phone buzz and I try to answer because I, I see that it's his number and I missed like it ended. I guess I answered too late. So I called right back. He answers on the second call. And that's when the call that you heard took place. And from there, it just, it snowballed. So then he told me, you know, Google me. Uh, you can Google Jimmy Henchman, day 10 Jimmy Henchman trial. 
And yeah, that's me. Basically letting me know that he's a killer. Um, then uh, I was told that Dre threatened to blackball me, make sure I never had any kind of career. Um, he doesn't give a fuck if he did work with my dad or not. I believe her. And you still eating that popcorn, Jason? I swear to God, you were a smart pop. They told me in the comments that I look like a cow eating during interviews, but baby, that was so much tea. I had to eat popcorn. Yo. Monice is gold. She's gold on on television. Monice has a very eccentric personality. And I feel like her personality really protected her in this instance because I don't know how many people would just jump out and say, oh, somebody called me from Dre's camp to say this and this and that and left, you know. But being who she is, I think that created some kind of shield. Not saying Dre was going to do anything. I don't know what is going to happen. I'm, I'm honestly still, I'm nervous on speaking about this whole thing. But Listen, listen, the minute somebody with that kind of money and capabilities calls me and talks the way I heard him talking to her, I'm going straight to social media because this going to be a receipt, baby, in case somebody get me on the way to the bodega. Listen, I, I was surprised that this had even risen to the level that it had rose to. And then, you know, since then, we've seen uh, Lil Fizz make up with B2K. They continued on with the tour. I don't know if April's still with Dre. I heard rumors that she wasn't. I mean, but either way, I mean, the one thing, like you said, that you can always count on Monique is she's going to give you good conversation because she doesn't have, she doesn't say anything. But I do have to ask you all, since then, since Fizz has now publicly apologized to Omarion for his relationship with April, do you think that he also owes her a relationship? I mean, do you think that he also owes Monique an apology? Yes, so many people Oh, Monice, an apology. I know you guys call her words like eccentric, X, Y, and Z. I'm going to tell you right now, the, the word I think about Monice is integrity. Because good or bad, crazy or sane, medicated or unmedicated, she is not a liar. And I think that's what protects her. People know that she will say the uncomfortable, really ugly, really bold thing, but she's not a liar. And a lot of people have tried to use her eccentricity as an excuse to lie on her name. And the receipts always back her up. So I think Fizz needs to hold her an apology when he was gaslighting. April owes her an apology. I'm not going to speak any other names because I don't have enough uh, lawyers and security guards to say other people's names. But Monice is not a liar. And I think that's what protects her. Even when we're clowning her, we believe her. And I think that's why she continues to be relevant. So, Monice, I have your back because I'd rather have somebody like her who's a little bit off but tells the truth than someone like previous folks we showed who are who are really charming liars and gaslighters. So, I'm team Monice. Stop, stop talking about common. Leave him alone. Okay, now wait. But, but, but Damage, let me ask you a question because, see, for me, I recently told this story online, right, where a friend of mine waited till my ex-boyfriend went to prison and then he started writing him letters and then he actually tried to go visit him or some shit. And I felt some type of way about that because I feel like once you know it belonged to me, you need to just go ahead and leave it all the way alone. Like there's just certain people like, you know, I got a little ticky ticky boom boom going on up here when it comes to somebody that I've actually been in love with. So if you know I was in love with this person, invested in this person, slept with this person every day for two years, in my house, fed this motherfucker, and you you, you mean to tell me you waited until we were separated and that they were incarcerated to try to slide them a kite like you really cared about them. Well, anyway, this person found out that I found out about it and tried to approach me to explain themselves. And all I gave them was, okay. And I left it alone and I left it at that. Uh, and there's nothing else to be said about it, right? Damage, let me ask you, if you were in this situation, 
do you believe that you would owe your girl like Fizz to Moniz? Do you think you would owe her uh, an apology? Yeah, because from what I remember about the situation, he was pretend. They both were pretending, you know, that right. there was nothing going on. Right. And I always was like, lean into it. Wait, like, don't you like how a man says pretending, but the woman calls it lying? Lying. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was lying, but at the end of the day, there was a pretend part about it because they were together, they were seen out together. It was like, do do do. They were going along with it, and I do feel like at this point, you have to apologize or something. You have to do something. I don't know if it's going to be publicly or whatever you got to do. You have to make that up because you apologize to oh, you should. It's the mother of your child. That's family now. You owe her an apology. Oh, it better I, be publicly. And, it better uh, be. I, 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 I was I was going to say, and he publicly apologized in front of. I was going to say he publicly apologized to Omarion in front of thousands of people, too. So, I mean, the fact that, I mean, I recently talked to her and she said he hadn't yet apologized to her. I'm hoping that, Fizz, I'm hoping that you apologize to Moniz because she's deserved it. And I'm going to tell you somebody that's not going to get an apology, and that's Kim Kardashian from Master P. Master P was on the show this year, and the hip-hop mogul stopped by to talk about all his business ventures and also dropped some gems about black entrepreneurship. But while he was there talking about that, I had to ask him what he thought about you know, his brother C-Murder's case, who's currently serving um, time in prison, and Kim Kardashian jumping in trying to help the cause, and whether or not it was helping or hurting. And he had no fucks to give when he said this. Take a look. So recently on Hollywood Unlocked, we had posted that back and forth around your brother C-Murder and um, him, uh, Kim Kardashian wanting to help him get out of prison. There were, I, Without all the details, people know what I'm talking about. What yeah. I saw was you know, I you own your relationship with your brother. That is yeah. your family. It's not yeah. anybody else's opinion of that. Yeah. Nobody else has any right to talk about your relationship yeah. with your family. When I saw that Kim was helping, you know, I had reached out to Kim to help me get somebody out of prison. And ultimately, she she said she wanted to help, but she didn't. I ended up doing it myself. Do you, was your frustration that the conversation about getting him out was now magnified because of Kim Kardashian was involved and it and not necessarily the fact that we've all been trying to get our own people out of prison for yeah, years you know what, and nobody's been talking about it. I think I think it start with us and our family. I love my brother. I do anything for him and we're gonna be family. We're gonna do this till the wheels fall off. I think my frustration came from that people don't understand how serious this case is and they think just because a celebrity is coming involved, like with Kim Kardashian, she had stuff connections through the president and that's on the federal side my brother case is a state case louisiana is a very different place and this is a state case and and i know boosie went out there talking on social media which i love it i love kim saying whatever she's tweeted out but if you're not gonna be about it and actually go down there and help this man and be a part of this because the federal system can cannot help my brother um it's, it got to be a state. You got to build relationships with the governor and the judges in New Orleans, in, in Louisiana. And that's the only way that's going to help them. So that noise ain't did nothing but made those people on the other side like, you know what, we really not messing with this. And I think that's what a lot of people don't understand. Even though my brother, he just want to get out. And I and I feel him. But at the same time, man, ain't nothing like your family. And, and, and even after that, you know, I don't know if anybody else did anything else. And so it's like, but the, you got it. That's why I say education is so important. This is a state case, a state case. I don't care if you get on social media and say all this stuff and do this. These people in Louisiana is built different. I was trying to build relationships in the background, like to build relationships with governors and judges. 
and it just it just messed everything up because now a lot of people are not going to put their neck on the line you know for somebody that now it's a hollywood thing yeah i mean listen you know kim has done a lot for getting people out of prison uh do we forgive her for this Mm, you know what now you know i I watched this interview and just hearing it back it it seems like a a little bit of a clout chase it seemed like you're using a popular rapper's name and i feel like when it comes to what she's doing for prison reform i do feel like it comes from a truthful place but you know there's still room for clout chase and ultimately master p has been there with his brother going through this trial and this these issues for years you know what i'm saying so if he is saying what's hurting, what's not adding to it. We got to, you know, you got to take heed and you got to listen. But I can absolutely see from his side of his point of view, what's going on, how it's not helping anything. And he derailed everything he's working to do. Because I know regardless of if you know the history between him and his brother, I know at the end of the day, he wants his brother out of jail. He loves his brother. They have these back and forths or whatever, but it hurts to hear that he was working on something behind the scenes and this came and derailed it. This is a perfect example of why we can't mistake celebrity and platform for expertise. Kim Kardashian is working really hard for prison reform. And I I do believe also that her heart's in the right place, but she's not an expert. And she just passed the baby bar after like the third time, like last week. And so even though you're an advocate, you have to make sure. But she passed. Give her her flowers. She passed. Sure. We can give her flowers there in Los Angeles, but she's not in Louisiana. And that's the reason why they have so many bars and why the bar is so hard to pass is because there's so much nuance and there's so much intricacy behind the scenes that if you walk in like a white savior thinking that you can help everybody without doing, and listen to this word, due diligence, then it's going to get you in this kind of trouble. An actual lawyer, somebody who's an expert in this, would have done due diligence to find out about what's state, what's federal, what's happening Louisiana before they ever spoke to the public. So even though her heart's in the right place, always make sure you have an expert who actually knows the back end helping you or you can cause more harm than good. And this is a perfect example yeah. of that. Her heart's in the right place, but she needed more help. That's sad. Yeah, and listen, I, one thing for sure is that, again, she's doing great work, but I do agree with you that, you know, When Helping Hurts is a book that I keep talking about that people have to read because just because your heart's in it doesn't mean that your mouth and your nose needs to be in it. You know, I don't know what's going on with this case, but what I will say, regardless of who's watching this and what you have to say in the comments, Master P has spoken and it's his family. I wish somebody would outside of my family jump in the middle of something that we got going on. They ain't got nothing to do with them. I mean, it's almost like one of the women with Tristan Thompson, they had no business getting in the middle of that relationship and neither did you. You know, look, the thing that I will will say this past year has taught me is that There's so much going on in the world. And even in the midst of COVID, there was still so much tea to sip. You know, there was just so much (laughs) tea to sip. No matter everywhere I went, it was. Exactly. Because we are raising the bar. And we'll continue to do that as we go into the next year. And I'm thankful that everybody has shown up and showed us love. Season three here at Fox Soul has been amazing. And we continue to want, we, you know, we continue to work hard to deliver the shows that you want to watch. And we thank you for all your support. So keep coming back because um, unlike everything else bad for you, it's so good. Ooh. <laughs> all right, look, that was a great show. And make sure you keep coming back because we got all types of amazing interviews and topics that are going to make you go crazy. Uh-huh, that's right. That means like, subscribe, do everything you need to do to make sure you stay up to date with what we got going on. And ladies, stay tuned in because you know I have your back. And listen, make sure that you're commenting below because even though I say I don't read it on the show... That's all I do when it's over. Peace.